0: Section sixteen of a Book of Sybils by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This Liebervax recording is in the public domain. Miss Edgeworth. Part nine. There are one or two other episodes less sentimental than this one recorded of this visit to Paris, not the least interesting of these being the account given of a call upon Madame de Jonly the younger author from her own standpoint having resolutely turned away from the voice of the charmer for the sake of that which she is convinced to be duty and good sense now somewhat sternly takes the measure of her elder sister who has failed in the struggle who is alone and friendless and who has made her fate the story is too long to quote at full length an isolated page without its setting loses very much the previous description of the darkness and uncertainty through which maria and her father go wandering and asking their way in vain adds immensely to the sense of the gloom and isolation which are hiding the close of a long and brilliant career at last after wandering for a long time seeking for madame de genlis the travelers compel a reluctant porter to show them the staircase in the arsenal where she is living and to point out the door before he goes off with the light they wait in darkness the account of what happens when the door is opened is so interesting that i cannot refrain from quoting it at length after ringing the bell we presently heard doors open and little footsteps approaching nigh the door was opened by a girl of about honora's size holding an ill-set-up wavering candle in her hand the light of which fell full upon her face and figure her face was remarkably intelligent dark sparkling eyes dark hair curled in the most fashionable long corkscrew ringlets over her eyes and cheeks she parted the ringlets to take a full view of us the dress of her figure by no means suited the head and elegance of her attitude what her nether weeds might be we could not distinctly see but they seemed a coarse short petticoat like what molly bristow's children would wear after surveying us and hearing our name was edgeworth she smiled graciously and bid us follow her saying mamma she led the way with the grace of a young lady who has been taught to dance across two antechambers miserable looking but miserable or not no home in paris can be without them the girl or young lady for we were still in doubt which to think her led into a small room in which the candles were so well screened by a green tin screen that we could scarcely distinguish the tall form of a lady in black who rose from her chair by the fireside as the door opened a great puff of smoke came from the huge fireplace at the same moment she came forward and we made our way towards her as well as we could through a confusion of tables chairs and work-baskets china writing-desks and inkstands and bird-cages and a harp she did not speak and as her back was now turned to both fire and candle i could not see her face or anything but the outline of her form and her attitude her form was the remains of a fine form her attitude that of a woman used to a better drawing-room i being foremost and she silent was compelled to speak to the figure in darkness madame de genlis nous a fait l'honneur de nous demander qu'elle voulait bien nous permettre de lui rendre visite said i or words to that effect to which she replied by taking my hand and saying something in which charme was the most intelligible word While she spoke she looked over my shoulder at my father, whose bow, I presume, told her he was a gentleman, for she spoke to him immediately as if she wished to please, and seated us in the fauteuil near the fire. I then had a full view of her face, figure very thin, and melancholy dark eyes, long sallow cheeks, compressed thin lips, two or three black ringlets on a high forehead, a cap that Mrs. Greer might wear, altogether in appearance of fallen fortunes worn-out health and excessive but guarded irritability to me there was nothing of that engaging captivating manner which i had been taught to expect she seemed to me to be alive only to literary quarrels and jealousies the muscles of her face as she spoke or as my father spoke to her quickly and too easily expressed hatred and anger She is now, you know, de à Charnay. Madame de Genlis seems to have been so much used to being attacked that she has defense and apologies already prepared. She spoke of Madame de Stal's Delphine with detestation. Forgive me, my dear Aunt Mary. You begged me to see her with favorable eyes, and I went, after seeing her Rosier de Salency with the most favorable disposition but i could not like her and from time to time i saw or thought i saw through the gloom of her countenance a gleam of coquetry but my father judges of her much more favourably than i do she evidently took pains to please him and he says he is sure she is a person over whose mind he could gain great ascendancy. the young and gay philosopher at fifty is not unchanged since we knew him first maria adds a postscript i had almost forgotten to tell you that the little girl who showed us in is a girl whom she is educating elle m'appelle maman mais elle n'est pas ma fille the manner in which this little girl spoke to madame de Genlis and looked at her appeared to me more in her favour than anything else i went to look at what the child was writing she was translating darwin's zoonomia every description one reads by miss edgeworth of actual things and people makes one wish that she had written more of them this one is the more interesting from the contrast of the two women both so remarkable and coming to so different a result in their experience of life this eventful visit to paris is brought to an eventful termination by several gendarmes who appear early one morning in mr edgeworth's bedroom with orders that he is to get up and to leave paris immediately mr edgeworth had been accused of being brother to the Abbe de fermont when the mitigated circumstances of his being only a first cousin were put forward by lord whitworth the english ambassador the edgeworths received permission to return from the suburb to which they had retired but private news hurried their departure and they were only in time to escape the general blockade and detention of english prisoners after little more than a year of peace once more war was declared on may twentieth eighteen o three lovell the eldest son who was absent at the time and travelling from switzerland was not able to escape in time nor for twelve years to come was the young man able to return to his own home and family End of section 16.